Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Let's get back to more Gabe Ramirez and Clay Harbor on Sports Radio 670 The Score. And always live on the free Odyssey app. How much should the Bears give up for Chase Young if he is to make his way to Chicago? It's Gabe Ramirez, Clay Harbor. Leading you right into Cubs baseball. First pitch, 8.38 p.m. Cubs taking on the Angels today. And pregame starts right here at 8 o'clock. Make sure you guys are here. Zach Zabin's going to have the call for you uh, as we get started in that one. Um, it is going to be Jamison Tyone taking on Jaime Barria. Uh, it should be a good one. Jaime's having himself a year. Um, but Jamison Tyone had a, had a pretty good last outing, so we get an opportunity to see uh, what that is going to look like uh, at 8.30. Make sure you guys are checking off for that one. Quickly, I told Clay uh, during the break, I made a huge bet. Mm. Huge. Probably the biggest bet I yeah. ever made on the White Sox game. And I'm sweating bullets, just not necessarily sure how that thing is going to go. And then my boy texts me. He's like, cash out. He's like, uh, deposit <laughs> the money back in your account. He's like, the game got postponed. That's a sign from God. I was like, oh, whew. so uh, they're going to play a doubleheader tomorrow. Uh, so both those games will be uh, in in Yankee Stadium then. All right. Uh, but back to this Chase Young thing, or excuse me, yeah, uh, situation. He declined his fifth year option. They declined. His they fifth declined year. his fifth year option. Don't act like it was his decision. They know <laughs> something. They know something we don't know. Um, you've been injured before, Clay. And you battled back from that injury. When you look at a guy like Chase Young, top five pick, just, you know, a physical specimen, was dominant while he was playing. Yeah. With that type of injury, I mean, how, like, what percentage of himself do you expect him to be when he comes back? Because it's not going to be 100, right? He's at OTAs right now, and the and the words coming out from Washington out there and the commanders is that he's he's looking good. And he said himself, he said it's a night and day difference of how he feels this year. And obviously that could be him posturing. They didn't pick up his his fifth year option, so you know he's gonna be a free agent. So I mean, coming back from the ACL, it's not what it used to be back in the day. Even before my back in the, my day back again, in the day. back in the day, dollar in the bucket every yeah, time you say that. An ACL was. A career ender. No, it's not. I think he could come back, but then you look. He played. He played nine last year, and then he played three games. 
He only had a half a sack. The year before that, he played nine games. He had one and a half sacks. Yes, he had that rookie year where he showed why and who he could be and why he was a player that, that could get nine, ten sacks in a season. But you got to show me before I make a move for this guy, a big move for him. I want to see it. I got to see, see what? It. Like you need to see him play a couple games first? I got to see him stay healthy. I got to see him make plays. I got to see him stop the run. And I got to see him consistently rush the passer. So you don't think that's worth a third-round pick? I'm, if you're just giving a straight-up third-round pick. They're saying, they're, what, what for, were the rumors that were out there? Third-round pick and, and Valus Jones Jr. Another, oh, another third-round pick. Oh, I'd give him Valus. I'd throw that in the deal just just to give him Valus, man. I mean, yeah, you could take you Valus. Trustin Ebner too. Who do you want take over Tristan there? Trustin Ebner. We those guys probably gonna be in the P squad this year. Hopefully they get better. Hopefully they improve. I'm hoping everybody does well. But Valus got to show me a lot after the hands and, and the drops he had last year. But third round pick, you only get you only get him for one year. I'd probably go fourth round pick because he's only got a one year deal. You're 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 renting him for a year. If you get him for two. You okay, know, I see what you're saying. Then I'm going to get a third-round pick. Third-round pick is still a nice pick. I would give them a fourth, and they can take Valus, too. <laughs> <laughs> Just throw them, throw them throw, in there. Throw them in there. I really want to see him in a Bears uniform because I want that Khalil Mack-type guy off the edge. Yeah. Someone that that you have to account for. Like, you know, when you were going up against guys like Khalil Mack and yeah. <laughs> Chase Young. Don't remind me. I know. Right when I said those two names, you just kind of were like, uh, Shut her. Don't, don't, don't. Who was the guy that you said threw you into, a, into your Mario quarterback? Williams, man, okay? <laughs> I don't like bringing it up. The guy lifted me up. No, the guy who threw me into the quarterback was DeMarcus Ware. Yeah, yeah, DeMarcus Ware. I've never Ware. felt more. And I, I got thrown into Mike. And Mike, Mike and I'm, I remember I go, when I land, I go, sorry, Mike. He goes, man. That stuff hurt. And I go, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> you know, and it was one of the more embarrassing moments of my life. And then yeah. Mario Williams in his heyday actually lifted me off the ground. That was a fun, uh, that was a fun uh Lifted you film off stuff. the ground? Literally picked me up. Both feet were off the ground. I was a rookie. Mario Williams, he his arm, he could tie his shoes standing up. This dude had the longest <laughs> arms I've ever seen in my life. I'm coming from Missouri State. I don't know what the hell's going on out here. I go, why am I pass pro and Mario Williams by myself? <laughs> You know, what is going on? No No chip, nothing. (laughs) I'm not ready for this. (laughs) I want to go home. Say hi. (laughs) Ah, damn. Yes. (laughs) Like up in the air. But there's Ah. still some other players out there. I think there's some guys in the free agent list, Gabe. We don't need to trade our picks. I knew we were going there. I knew we were going there. That's why. Yeah, we don't need. Who are are some other DEs that you like? You know, a guy, I know he's getting a little older, but. He's a guy that I've played with, and I just love his mentality. Two guys, I played with him on the same team, and they're not game wreckers, but they're guys that are better than guys we got right now, and I bet they would take a one-year deal. They know how to win. They can play the run. They can get some pass rush. I played with both these guys with the New England Patriots. Are you, are you ready yet? Do you want to know what I'm talking about? Can't wait. Trey Flowers, Kyle Van Noy. Kyle Van Noy was an off-ball linebacker, but he's athletic. They moved him to defensive end. Trey Flowers is just a dude that has a mentality. He brings a strict. I don't even think I spoke to the guy the whole year. He was just, he was all business. We went against each other all the time. He just slapped me on the helmet. I slapped him on the helmet. It was just respect. That guy played hard. That's the kind of guy I want in the locker room, too. Trey Flowers, Kyle Van Noy are still free agents, and these guys that will be somewhere and they will make plays, and I think, they're just as good as any DNs we got in our roster. And I know everybody else is talking about Yannick and Gakway. Obviously, Leonard Floyd just got signed. Jadavian Clowney, Frank Clark. 
I like Trey Flowers. I like uh, I like Kyle Van Noy. It seems. I mean, the reality is they're going to sign someone. You've heard Eberflus talk about the amount of players that are available at that position that are still out there, and I think a lot of these guys obviously they're just waiting for the for the dominoes to fall, the chips to fall where they may. Because I mean, there's just too many of them out there, and teams are going to need these guys. And if they were if they were as coveted as they think they are, yeah, they'd be signed already. If you if this guy wanted to come back to Chicago, I think you Who? know who I'm gonna say. Robert Quinn. If you would, what would, would you bring him back? Robert Quinn. If Robert Quinn says, "Hey, I want to come back for a year. I love Chicago. I still got my house out there. Um, you know, Eberflus. Yeah. I, I, you know, I'd love to come play for you guys. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm in on a lot of people, right? Because I, I, I think <laughs> yeah. so. I, I mean, like, that's a low bar right there. Like, would you take Robert? Quinn? Please, anybody at this. At this <laughs> but I, I think, I think for me. I wouldn't do it because he was rejuvenated when he came to Chicago. Yeah. He really did want to play and establish himself as a marquee defender for the Chicago Bears. Yeah. And with how things kind of panned out for him last year, I feel like he wouldn't be able to perform at his highest level yeah. if he were to come back. And then but Is that a real thing? Am I, am I just that's that right. That's okay. real. And I think that's that'd be tough for him to come back in that locker room too. But then, you know, I was big into the Yannick Ngakwe. I know he's not good against the run, but he's a guy that can rush the passer. But then you hear about him on Sirius XM. He knows the teams need him, and he says he wants a multi-year deal. Yeah. So I'm not – if I'm polls, I don't think I'm ready to give this dude a multi-year deal. He ain't the guy that you want. If I was thinking you, get, you got 30-something million still, bring this guy in for a year. But he's not coming unless you give him a multi-year deal. So pass. So pass. Sorry, pass. That's why I like Trey Flowers. I like I like you bringing him exactly. up. Exactly. I like that second tier kind of a guy because you know what you you know what you're doing, Clay. You're giving people repeatables. Yeah. And this is what I like about the score and you know just t- sports radio in general, right? Like you, Trey Flowers wasn't on your radar, but now you get to hear about a guy who has good character, great character, high motor, H- hard worker. You know, hard worker, and and he's not going to cost you the same as a Yannick Ngakwe, as a as a the same as maybe even a, a Frank Clark, right? You're going to get that that next tier of people. And you and in that same tier, the guys who you're trying to st- steer clear of, Akeem Hicks, Al-Kadeem yeah. Muhammad, Justin Houston, like they're all in that space, but yeah. Trey Flowers could be a different name that, uh, that could spark some interest in a different way. And he's just going to come in, he's going to put his head down, and he's going to work. That's what the guy does. That's why Bill Belichick loved him. Trey Flowers, one of Bill's favorite players back in the day. I'm like, why is this guy always talking to Trey, man? Like, Bill don't like nobody. It seems like, you you guys, you don't even know how to run a simple draw. Are you kidding me? Watch this on the film room. Look at this. Are you? What do you guys think? Are you teaching this, Josh? Talking to Josh McDaniels. Yeah. What do you call it? You know, like, Trey was one of his guys. He actually smiled at him. Okay. How do you know Bill likes him? That's how you know you're doing something well. He's Clay Harbor. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670, the score, leading you into Cubs baseball. Talking about the Bears defense right now, where it stands – and, you know, what kind of additions could they make? Clay, talk to me about the difference, right? Because every Bear fan right now is like, you got to get some help on the defensive end position. You got to bring in some bodies. But, like, what is that difference there? What is the deviation between a team without any defensive end help and a team with one? Like, Is it, is it still the same Chicago Bears? Here's the deal. 
you got these young defensive backs, man, and it's it's synergistic. And I think uh, people have done a good job of realizing that it's such a synergistic thing on defense. If you can get pressure on the quarterback, your defensive backs will get interceptions because okay. the quarterback's rushing the ball. If you have tight coverage and you, and you force the quarterback to hold the ball a little longer, typically your defensive linemen will get there and get more sacks. So you need to have a couple of good pass rushers as an offense that, you, that you're afraid of too. So, you, so okay, we got to chip on these plays. Third down, we're, we're chipping. They ain't got nobody to chip. You're sending all four of your receivers out on routes on third down. There ain't even no chips. I don't see one guy, Demarcus Walker. Are we chip Travis Gibson? <laughs> no. Dominique Rob- Robinson? I'm not chipping any of these guys. There's okay. nobody in the film room on offense. We're, we're watching the tape. You know, you're playing against, I don't know, say uh, Bosa. You're playing against Joey or Nick Bosa. They're every third down, we're going to double team him with the tight end or we're going to give him a big chip. With the Bears, everybody's out. Five wide. Let's Five go. Wide. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. We're not worried about this. Five wide. No chips. No running backs out. Scat protection. That means there's nothing. You don't have to give no, nobody to worry about. Maybe Andrew Billings, he's a run stuffer. Maybe Gervin Dexter can, can create some pressure. I don't see it up front. You're going to have to blitz. I know Tremaine Edmonds is a, is a solid blitzer. TJ Edwards is a solid blitzer. But... So you're, you're looking at it more like a, a trickle-down effect when it comes to the defensive end. It is a trickle-down effect because the offense doesn't really have to change. You're not changing a team's game plan, like some of these game records. You yeah. know, you got these third-down package, third and long. There's only so many plays you call them third and long, third and eight to ten, third and ten to twelve. Now when you got a guy, when you don't got any guys you got to chip, <laughs> you, can, you can run a normal, you know, down and distance. You can run a play action that on third sense. and eight. That you makes know? sense. And yeah. you want somebody there that, that the offense has to account for so yes. that, that way it can make everything else easier for everybody to surround you. Yeah, and you got that But right is Trey now. Flowers going to be that? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you bring a guy like Trey, even, you know, Yannick, like, I, I feel like nobody that's out there is someone that's going to be a game wrecker. They're just going to be better than what we have in the present. Yeah, but Trey is a guy to where I think if you, give, if you leave him enough one-on-ones, he's going to get a sack. Like, he's a guy, he's a veteran guy now. And, you know, I, I've watched him the past couple, obviously when I played for him, with him, I mean, this I mean, this was one of the most underrated guys that I thought, I'm like, wow. Like, right. Who is, I'm talking, I go, who is that? Okay. Like, who is this guy? Because this guy is strong, he's physical, he, you know, he can make plays. I'm not saying he's a guy that in the offensive meeting rooms, we're watching third down, you know, on third down day, we're saying, okay, we're going to have to, we're going to have to chip right. this. Like, okay, tight ends, we're not going to get out on many routes today, this week, because, you know, look, we're going. We're going against Hassan Reddick and you know the Philadelphia Eagles, and we're going to have to chip and help these offensive tackles. The Bears don't got nobody that's doing that. Okay, uh, I just hope that defense can be above average. Yeah, that's what that. That's what I want them to be. To me, that's my sweet spot. You can be, you know, like yeah. the fourteenth best defense, fourteen best defense, fifteen to thirteenth best defense. And I think the Bears will be in a good position to win some but games. But how about their second level? Pro Football Focus just came out with their rankings for the linebackers for this season. They had T.J. Edwards at ten, they had Tremaine Edmonds at nine. So where do you in in the league? Where do you stack the Bears linebackers? Say like what right. what tier are you talking here? I mean, well, if you have the ninth and tenth, exactly. And there's you know thirty odd teams in the league, and you got and every team is you know has four. That's buck twenty. 
and you got two of the top ten, you gotta you gotta have a top five to ten, you know, linebacking core in the league. I'm saying top five. Right. I was trying to be generous. And I and I think Jack Sanborn. Obviously, we're talking about Tremaine Edmonds. He's a guy that had a career year, eighty something grade in pass coverage. The guy had his best year by far. T.J. Edwards was the heart and soul of that. Eagles defense. I mean- Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. And he played great. And then you bring in Sanborn, Noah Sewell, who's a guy that's going to help on special teams. And then, you know, we got one guy from the best college in the nation. Missouri I mean, State. Missouri, Dylan Cole, <laughs> special teamer. But, hey, he's still a Missouri State grad, so I think that this linebacking core is top five. So I'm worried because, like, a guy like TJ, he's coming from the defensive line at Philadelphia, right? You got Brandon Graham. You got Fletcher Cox. You got Jordan Davis. You got Hassan Reddick. You got Josh Sweat in front of you. Now you got, you know, Gervin Dexter coming from Florida. You got, you know, Andrew Billings, who's actually pretty solid. Justin Jones. You know, you got Dominique Robinson, Travis Travis Gibson. You're going to have more blockers on you. Okay. It's going to be interesting. Again, something that we're all going to be looking out for because I think every Bear fan would like to talk about the defense in a positive light instead of the negative one we've been casting on them for the last couple of years. All right, uh, we are going to switch to the other side of the football, go to the offense, and, you know, I'll just throw it out there before we even go to break because that way you guys can send your text messages in or even – Call in if you'd like, all right? Clay threw out the the number 3,000 mm-hmm. when talking about Justin Fields and his whether the number will be over or under his passing yards. Clay, you're going to give me your answer when we yeah. come back. I'll give you my answer when we come back. Uh, but feel free to text in 312-644-6767. You can call in as well. We'd love to chat with you about your answer. Justin Fields, over or under 3,000 yards this upcoming season. We'll take your thoughts and ours as well on the other side. Don't go anywhere. It's Gabe Ramirez, Clay Harbor, leading you into Cubs baseball right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. Go Bears! 
they got that chemistry going very fast, uh, earlier than I expected. And they look good, though. They look like they best friends. Uh, Justin definitely throwing him the ball. Two's getting the ball for sure, no doubt. So um, Justin looks good, though. He's going through his progressions. Um, he's looking very smooth, um, making good decisions out there, looking like um, the best quarterback you know, in the NFL. I thought that last year, but this year it's different for sure. One looked different, and him and two, you're going to see. You're going to see. <laughs> Looking like the best quarterback in the NFL? You going to see? One, the one, two? I'm, I mean, I'm loving that DJ Moore is is all about. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm loving that, that Mooney's all about the DJ Moore-Justin Fields connection. That was Jaquan Brisker, right? Yeah, Jaquan Brisker. Oh, well, never mind. I'm loving yeah. that Jaquan Brisker <laughs> is all about the, yeah. uh, you know, the connection there with, uh, with one and two. And obviously, he's seen it. He's on the field playing against these guys. He, he does sound like he does sound like he's really impressed. Yeah, he sounds legit. He, he's not right. just he's not just talking. No, he's like got the laughing. They're like, oh, yeah. yeah, they busting my ass a little bit too. Yeah. A couple times. <laughs> he if he if somebody knows the safety knows because he's the one that's got to backpedal. He's got to see it. He's feeling that pressure. He knows when a receiver is a good receiver, and this isn't his first year coming from Penn State. He's he's been through it already. So I mean that's that's good. That's good news. So the question we asked before the break is: Is Justin Fields going to throw for under or over three thousand yards? So I saw this tweet you put out, Clay, yeah. and I was at Parlor Pizza earlier today in the <laughs> West Loop. Parlor, yeah. Get the if you if you go to Parlor, get the hummus as the appetizer. Oh, great! Super fire! It's fire, and you get a lot. You get a ton. They give you damn near like a loaf of bread, and I was trying not to eat any bread today, but they give you a ton of veggies, and the hummus is fire. So anyway, I was at Parlor, and I asked my my boy the very same question. Shout out to Martin. I was like, under over three thousand. He's like under. Like he didn't even hesitate. Under three thousand, huh? Why? Why do you? Why do you look so like confused and disappointed in the answer? Well, so like, if you're a top fifteen quarterback, no, throw- no, no. But he's not though. Where you're projecting him to be. I want to be very clear about that. Okay, I know he had twenty two hundred yards last year, but here's the deal: he was throwing to me, you, and and, and Tyler, the producer. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's that's who he's throwing the ball to. Right. You bring in. DJ Moore, who had the most yards of separation last year, but you from just wide no, no. I'm going to use something you said against you. You said earlier that uh, buddy from Denver, Julius Thomas, comes in thousand yeah. yard receiver, you know, whatever, whatever, and then they had Blaine Gabbert thrown in the ball, and he ended up with three, four hundred yards. Yeah, there is no evidence that that states that Justin Fields is not that. <laughs> There's okay. <laughs> I, I'm I'm I, got I'm, me. I'm sad that that was such a good point because I really wanted you no, to have no, a good no. rebuttal about that. If you think back and you remember the pseudo bye week, week six, then we <laughs> go on to play the New England Patriots, and after that game, I also tweeted something. Since we want to bring up my Twitter here, yeah, I tweeted something about Justin Fields having the third best or fourth best QBR after week six in the entire NFL. Okay. And, and that's throwing the ball to Equinemia St. Brown, Valus Jones, Dante Pettis, Darnell Mooney's hurt. Uh, Chase Claypool, don't, I mean, he's hurt. He don't know the playbook. So, I mean, who's he throwing the ball okay, to? Okay, okay, but 179 yards, 151 yards, 123 yards, 167, 153, 254, 152, 119, and 75. Those were his yards per game after week six. That's a lot of hundreds. And I don't care if you're throwing it to bums or not. 
I, I see Baker Mayfield playing a game with a team he just friggin' got on with the LA Rams and he's putting up 300. You know, like give me some 200 games and then I, I I would be it would be easy to convince me that Justin Fields is just this. But I just don't like that 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 it's this anointing of him being like. Dude, he got a and not you, Clay. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the entire fan base. I'm a bit of a homer. You taught me that word. And, and I am. A, I'll and, say that. And I'm a homer through and through. And I'm I'm here for the growth of Justin Fields. I'm here for the for the for for, for the ability to allow him to show that he's getting better. But to sit up here and be like three thousand yards, that's quite okay. a bit of yards. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot of yards. But I'll be okay. I will be brutally honest. I will take my homerism, if that's a word, I like that out of it. And say, I, I understand where you're coming from. Justin Fields had some ugly games last year. He was late on a lot of throws. His three-step and five-step drops did not look good. He wasn't very accurate on a lot of throws. I'll be honest, I saw that too. And some of it was worrisome. But I did see a guy that is a dynamic playmaker and that literally kept the Bears in games by himself. You don't remember... Like we watched the games, the national media didn't. We were the worst team in the league, had the least amount of wins. They lost seven one score games. Yeah. And Justin Fields was the one keeping them in that game. And you look, they were saying the same thing about Trevor Lawrence, and they were saying the same thing about my man Jalen Hurts before he got a weapon. You need people to throw the ball to. DJ Moore is he was he was eighth in deep passes last year. You got a deep threat now. Okay, now you got Tunyon and Cole Komet. Now you got Mooney back as a two, better matchups for him. A three, Chase Claypool. A third, a third cornerback ain't gonna guard Chase Claypool six four 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 running jumping a four four forty. I'm saying even if Justin Fields doesn't get any better, that two thousand two hundred. If he stays the same, he's gonna get better. You hear everybody saying how much better he looks. The media, the coaches, the players. Even if he doesn't get better. His numbers will get a lot better because of the people around him. But that's, he's going to improve too. That's the hope. That's the hope. That's the hope. That's the hope. And I, and I'm hoping it too. I want to be very clear because you know you bring up guys like Jalen Hurts. Yes. And I go I go look at his you know yeah, go second look at the stats. year. I am yeah. second year. Yeah. And Jalen Hurts. Let me see his first. Let me see one, two, three, four. First four games of his second season. Two sixty four. 190, 326, 387. Okay, he still did have Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, there's that narrative there, but it's like yeah. at least he had some games that showed you he can sling that thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's what I look at. And, and Justin Fields. But Justin in college, was he was actually a throwing quarterback. Yeah. He wasn't known as a rushing quarterback. I know we're talking about college now. Right. And Ohio State. At Ohio State. And Ohio State, the only college that you actually go to the NFL, you have a worse receiving core. (laughs) I mean, you're throwing the ball to Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Marvin Harrison Jr., Jackson Smith, and Jigba. Killers. I mean, they're the best NFL receiving core. Literally, if you put those four on the team, they'd be the best receiving core. So that's also, and then you look, something that scared me when we drafted them, look at the Ohio State quarterbacks. Look at the history of Ohio State quarterbacks. Yeah, that's what people point to. That was something that scared me. But I don't obviously. I, I I believe in Justin. I think he breaks that mold. But if you look at Ohio State quarterbacks back ten years, they all turned out to be busts. If you look at you know the statistics that are here right now with Justin Fields, if he were to miss two games next year, 
and playing 15 because the assumption is he's going to miss one or two. And he's staying healthy this year. It's hard to play in 17 games. You're right. So let's say he plays in 15. I'm doing it for for statistical purposes. To reach 3,000, he would need to throw for 200 yards a game in those 15 games. Very, Very doable. Yeah. Very doable. In just those 15 games, even missing two games, he can still throw for 3,000 oh, yards. Oh, easy. Easy. I think there was eight quarterbacks last, 18 quarterbacks last year that threw for 3,000 yards. Do not think that Justin Fields could be in the top 18 quarterbacks to throw for 3,000 yards. How embarrassing is it that he wasn't in the top 18? Well, I mean. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, that's embarrassing. 18, that's damn near the whole league. Well, I mean. Mac uh, Jones missed it by three yards. Yeah. So he would have been the 18th. He would have been the 18th. Okay. But then you got, you know. You can go to twenty three and see guy, see you know twenty three and see guys that are twenty five hundred and up. Yeah, twenty five quarterbacks that have thrown the ball better than Justin Fields in terms of like, come on. We're not saying that he had a good year throwing the ball. Um, but we, now, even if you take out the wide receiving core, look at the old line. The old line's better. Nate Davis. Now you don't got Sam Musfer getting bowled over at center, having a having pressure on your face. Like, come on, man. This guy was just getting ran over, you know. Cody Whitehair is a veteran. He he ain't gonna get he ain't gonna get did like that. PFF came out today and actually said Co- Cody Whitehair was the eleventh best center in the NFL this year. We went from arguably one of the worst to now we got the eleventh best. That's a big improvement there. Not talking about Nate Davis, Darnell Wright, who's who. You, you're gonna have to edge him. You ain't coming through the middle of Darnell Wright. Right. He's a big boy. That's a big boy. He's a big boy. So. Even if the receiving core was the same, which obviously it's not, I argue that he's getting a few hundred yards just based off the fact that he's going to have more time to throw the football. Justin Fields' longest pass last year. Take a guess. I think it was to Vela's Jones uh, end of the season coming across the, the field about 50 yards, right? And it was one that was... When you saw it leave his hands, you're like, "Oh, that's not a that's not a Justin Fields throw." <laughs> leading, leading somebody that, into the corner and having Vailis just Man, go. Man, you're it. you're sipping your Fields haterade 50, today. Fifty six yards was the longest throw for Justin Fields. It's not haterade. It's it's more of Gabe. Is it's on, more of a realistic approach to my fandom. Gabe is on the Justin Fields haterade today. No, 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 no. So do do you, so do you think Justin Fields right now? You have to take okay. You had the bet yesterday. Now you have a bet. Okay, it's 50-50 odds. you got to take it today. Will Justin Fields throw over under. or un- You're going under 3,000. Under 3,000. I'm taking the over. Yeah, I just I can't, can't see it. I can't, I can't envision it. I see DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, I, I, you Chase Claypool. They're still going to be running the ball a lot. They are going to run the ball. And, and so gonna- it's not gonna, he's not going to be tasked with throwing the ball, gunslinging, like, you know, it's his second Anybody. year in the offense. Luke Getzey's going to open up the book, and he's going to be more creative with them. He's going to have some of these design runs that may look like a run. He's going to drop back, and he's going to throw a wide-open pass. Like his second year in the offense, this is going to be a different offense. It's going to be that you think about the offense the first six weeks, and then you think about the offense the rest of the year. And until the end of the year, it got ugly too. But, you know, those, those you know seven, eight games in the middle, that's what I'm expecting with a good offensive line and a better defense, which you got to realize, like I said, synergy. It's all synergistic, Yeah, you know? He could be, if he threw for 3,000 yards, he'd be Davis Mills. Davis Mills? He's way better than Davis Mills. Davis Mills threw for 3,100. Davis, Davis Mills had a lot more attempts, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like, I'm trying to 
puts you in a position of like where he would be at. He's throwing. I will. I will. Uh, I will say he's going. I might give. I might give him like thirty two hundred. I think he. I think he. Um, how about this? Because 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 here's what you, to your to your to your point. Justin Fields only threw only had three hundred and eighteen attempts last year. There is only yeah, that's 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 one last person. No, there's only one. No, there's. I mean, there's the only, guy for starters. One person that threw less than him, that had almost as many starts, and that's Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, had three hundred and eight attempts. Everyone else in the top twenty-five had more attempts than Justin Fields. Hmm. Ryan Tannehill is up there with three three twenty-five, but the, the issue is the completions, right? Like he's so far off of the amount of completions that that you know. When you're comparing him to anyone else, yeah, Matt Stafford had more completions than him than half the games. <laughs> you keep pulling up these stats, man. Because we're in front of me. You're the P- you're the PFF guy. You're telling me, I know. I don't, it I, didn't look good. Play, I want to be very clear what I'm doing here. It is not bashing on Justin Fields, saying that he's not capable. It is more so curbing my expectations for a quarterback for for the quarterback position of the Chicago Bears that we've blown out of proportion for so many years and putting these expectations for people to be great. And all I'm doing is saying, Papa, just get a little better. I'm saying 3,000 yards isn't even shooting. 4,000 is a, is a great quarterback now. 3,000 is the bare minimum, I feel like, for a good, solid quarterback. If Justin Fields doesn't hit 3,000 yards, I'm like, hey, Caleb Williams, what's good? We got two first-round picks. If he can't show me that he can throw for 3,000 yards next year, then I think that's an issue. And that's what the Bears are going to be looking at, whether or not that is an issue, because that's going to be something that's going to put them in a negative situation. Ah, I hope it is over. I want to be very clear. I just – yeah. Just, I'd rather say under, and then if he does, I'd be like, yeah, I knew it, bro. <laughs> Instead should. of being like, it's over, and then he doesn't, and you're like, <laughs> you suck, man. All right, all right, let me get my emotions in order. All right, we are going to talk to Megan Montemurro after the break. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Uh, coming up just in a second. And going to get her take on the Chicago Cubs, where they find themselves right now. Had, you know, despite the split against San Diego, still would take it as a victory. Tampa Bay Rays, a good, good series there. And now trying to take the second uh, game of the set versus the Angels. And we got Megan Montemurro to break it down. We'll do that after this. It's Gabe Ramirez. It's Clay Harbor. It's Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. Hayden threw well. Hayden threw the ball well. Got to close out the game, finish that. Finish that. Got really close. Um, you know, like we said, we didn't do the great things behind him. But, um, you know, continued to mature and, and try to finish that um, inning a little bit. And, and some of that I didn't give him a chance, right? Went to the bullpen, tried to leverage, leverage Otani. Let's get back to more Gabe Ramirez and Clay Harbor on Sports Radio 670 The Score and always live on the free Odyssey app. That was Rick Ross talking about Hayden Wisniewski. No, it's fine. Look, I got everybody looking up in the air. <laughs> you can always get the producers to look up by saying something ridiculous. Uh, but, you know, that's good. decent outing for him. Uh, Jameson Tyone is going to be on the bump today uh, for the Cubs as they take on the Los Angeles Angels. 
First pitch at 8.38 right here on 670. The score pregame begins at 8 o'clock. And we're going to talk a little Cubs before we throw it to Zach Zabin uh, right now with our next guest joining us on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline. Circuit Resort and Casino Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Uh, Megan covers the Chicago Cubs uh, for the Chicago Tribune. And Megan joins us right now on 670. The score Megan, so you just got out of the uh, – was it the pre, uh, pregame with, with Rossi? Yeah, they just finished up all their pregame work. So, yeah, Ross chatted with us. Um, yeah, got 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 to talk to some people just on how some, some stuff's been going for some guys. <laughs> yeah, what, what, was the, uh, what was the take on uh, Jameson Tyone? I mean, obviously, you know, solid outing his last time out, getting his first victory for the Cubs, getting an opportunity to get back on the bump, on the road. Uh, what was Rossi's thoughts on him? Yeah, I mean, a confidence-building start the last time out in San Diego. Um, you know, the, the Cubs have had confidence that they're going to get the guy who, you know, shown has shown what he's done over his career versus, you know, the one they've had the last few starts prior to that coming off the injured list. Um, you know, he's still going to be a pitcher that gives up some soft contact. You know, we saw that in, in the game against the Padres. Um, but his ability to locate and command his stuff. Like, you know, even when he might miss something over the plate, when he has the movement that he can generate with his pitches um, and, and he's been going, he went back to using his forcing fastball more. Um, so the way that that fastball plays and the way he's able to throw his other stuff off of that really helped him get locked in against San Diego and, and Ross anticipates seeing the same kind of outing tonight. Yeah, Jamison Jamison Talion is is uh his last start was by far his best this season going 5 and a 5.2 innings and and only giving up one run. I think I think he's a player. What I'm curious is it looks like Miguel Amaya is in the Cubs lineup for the fourth straight game. So is he is he kind of taking over from Barnhart and 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 the rest of the the catchers in the on the on the lineup? Is he is he the go-to guy right now? I mean, I don't know if taken over is necessarily the right phrasing, but, I mean, he clearly has a lot of upside. He's put together some really quality at-bats, even dating back to when he was first called up, um, you know, after he made his big league debut. I mean, he has a good understanding of the strike zone. You know, he's been able to take pitches, work counts. He hits the ball hard when he makes contact. Um, And then behind the plate, I mean, he's earned, you know, unsolicited rave reviews from from pitchers on the staff that he's worked with. Um, and so, you know, I think when you look at this lineup as a whole, whether it's him starting behind the plate or he started as their DH, you know, they need some upside in this lineup right now, yeah, you know, with, with the group collectively not really getting hot. Yeah, this and give me your thoughts on this bullpen. I've been looking for a bright spot of this bullpen. I mean, Brandon Hughes is not looking good. Estrada. I mean, Keegan Thompson. I would have thought I thought that coming in the season, these guys were going to be strength and this was going to be you know, uh, a bullpen we could maybe rely on. And now it's, you know, I'm looking for someone that we can count on here. Do you, do you see it getting any better? Well, I mean, I think the encouraging note bullpen wise, is it seems like they've found really strong, you know, eighth, ninth inning options and Edward Alzali and Mark Leiter Jr. Yeah. Um, they've really stepped up over the last couple of weeks in those roles. The issue has been though now, like, who do they use to bridge the gap from the starter coming out to <laughs> yeah. those leverage moments? And, you know, Julian Merriweather has earned David Ross's trust with how he's pitched the last few weeks. But again, you know, as we saw last night against the angels, Brandon Hughes yeah. just hasn't had the consistency. Jeremiah Estrada oh. hasn't trusted his off speed stuff. 
Um, and so that, that's the issue. You know, it'll be interesting to see if Michael Fulmer, who's pitched well lately, if if he gets trusted again in those leverage spots leading to the late innings. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's hard when you don't, you don't, when you're working backwards and you don't have some reliable guys or you're, you're who you're relying on, on on a nightly basis changes pretty dramatically. Um, you're, you're, you're kind of uh, at a loss when, when those things aren't going well. So yeah, I mean, they, they have to find some more consistency in those middle innings um, from the bullpen because, you know, they have to start winning and sweeping series if they're going to get back to 500. And that's just it, right? It seems as though the only thing that's consistent about the Cubs' bullpen is the inconsistency, and it's not just <laughs> with the guys themselves, yeah. right, Megan? It's also with, with Rossi and how he's bringing them out there. You've seen former closing. You've seen former come in the middle. You've seen, you know, uh, you've seen Wisniewski get out there in certain situations. There just hasn't been that clear-cut, definitive, you're getting the, you're getting the ball in the seventh, you're getting the eighth, and this is going to be our closer for that situation. And sometimes you're trying to put those guys in the best situations to perform at the highest level. And unfortunately, it just, you know, it doesn't work out in that in that situation. We're talking to Megan Montemurro from the Chicago Tribune here on 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. He's Clay Harbor. Um, when you are looking at these these younger guys that have been brought up this year, Megan, um, who do you think, I asked this question yesterday, who do you think is going to be the best of the three between Mervis, uh, Amaya, and... Um, and uh, Morrell, thank you. Morrell. And Christopher Morrell. Yeah. Uh, from those three, who, who do you think is going to be the best? I mean, I've been really impressed with Miguel Amaya. I mean, he kind of fell off the radar the last two years because of his injuries. He hasn't been able to play that much between Tommy John's surgery and rehab and then the Liz Frank foot injury. Um, but, I mean, he was considered a top prospect, you know, for, for quite a while. And, and we're seeing why, you know, Kyle Hendricks complimented, you know, how he's a, a quiet, soft, soft target behind the plate um, that he's, you know, smart goes, goes over the game planning really well um, understands pitcher strengths. And, and when you add, you know, I mean, and it's coming at a premium position. I mean, when you can find a catcher that is both, you know, what you want in terms of defense and how he works with the pitching staff and then has the offensive upside that Miguel Amaya has, I mean, that's huge. And, and, yeah. You know, I think the key, obviously, is can he stay healthy? That's the biggest thing. Um, but I, I think the upside cannot be dismissed. And that's not to say, you know, Mervis and Morrell cannot be yeah. um, quality contributors. But, you know, I guess, you know, when you look at Morrell, there's not a clear-cut position that is a defensive strength for him. Where does he and, play? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and like, they might, have to, they might have to come to the point of, like, deciding, okay, is he an infielder? Is he an outfielder? Um, and he hasn't really settled in well to DH and understandably as a young guy. And then Matt Mervis just, you know, he, he came up with some hype teams and pitchers know who this guy is. He's, he's not, he's being treated as a power threat. So he's not getting some of those um, pitch sequencing and, and opportunities where, you know, he can uh, jump on some fastballs. They're, they're throwing him a lot of off speed and sliders. Yeah. So He's had a tough adjustment, um, but I still think, you know, there is obviously upside with those two guys. I just think Miguel Amaya has been really impressive um, what he's done defensively and offensively. Talking about Mervis, we, we see Mancini and Mervis in the lineup tonight, and after watching that, uh, you know, that big error that Mervis had, and obviously I know he needs to learn, but for me I feel like maybe we, Mancini seemed like he was a little bit better at defense. Maybe we put Mervis at DH and Mancini. Am I crazy for thinking that's something we could do? I mean, I, I think they both had their good and bad moments defensively yeah. at first. Um, and, and I think with Mervis, like, you know, again, 
for younger guys DHing, like talking to Morrell about this the other day, like it can be hard when your only opportunity to impact the game is at the plate. You know, some guys just function better where they're in the field. They're not taking their bats with them. They can have some, some time to kind of decompress from, from those moments. Um, and, and I think too, if you're the Cubs, you do need to figure out like, okay, like what kind of defensive player do they have yeah. in Morrell or in Mervis at first? Um, and so, yeah, I think it's a way to, you know, you can use DH to, to get guys off their feet. Um, so, yeah, I'm not too surprised by the alignment, but I, I'm sure it'll alternate as needed. Well, we got some young guys in there today. We get an opportunity to see them at the bottom of the order for the Cubs as they try to take uh, the victory in the second game of this set against the Angels. Megan, I appreciate you hanging out with us uh, and, and, and being able to talk to us right after you left for Ross and, you and doing your job her. over there. Who she got? Oh, yeah, yeah. Who you got today, man? Of course you got the Cubs. Yeah, we got to see if she got the Cubs. <laughs> you got, no, what you got to tell, tell me is how many innings is Tyone going to pitch? Is he going to get over five? I think he'll get over five. Okay. I, I, think he, I think he builds off his last start, and I think it'll be interesting to see, too, given some of the issues they've had bridging to the back end of the bullpen if Ross pushes his starters a little bit more, um, especially some of the veteran guys. It'll be interesting to see. Megan, thanks again for hanging out with us today. Uh, make sure you follow her on social media, M underscore Montemuro. I want to thank our guests for today. Of, cu- of course, Megan Montemuro from the Chicago Tribune hanging out with us. Um, also would like to thank uh, Clay Henninger uh, for hanging out with us today. Colin Ward Henninger Who's for hanging that? out with Clay Harbright. I was getting to you in a second. Uh, Clay, always a pleasure, my brother. You know, I always like hanging out with you. Oh, man, Can't wait to stuff. have you on again soon. All right, Cuz Baseball coming up next. Zach Zabin got the call. First pitch, 838 on the Xfinity and Cubs uh, radio network. Make sure you guys are here for it. Uh, mi gente, shout out to Alex Kuhn, too, our producer, doing a great job today. You got to work overtime for the Cubs? That sucks. Yeah, yeah, he I does. Do. All right, good. Uh, mi gente, that means my people. Hasta la próxima. That means until next time for Gabe Ramirez, for Clay Harbor. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.